Once upon a time, there were three writers. They stole a prompt uttered in real life and ran with it. Hamish hit the theme tune. Is that any good? I've accepted that as the theme tune. Wait, you can't just come on here as a guest, Hamish, and just make a theme <laughs> tune that Erin votes. Oh, wait, no, okay. No. Would you rather have something a bit more floaty? Would you like a... Where are these from? I, I'm just making random sounds, to be honest. <laughs> Bella's going to be so annoyed. <laughs> I think I'd rather wait for Bella's beautifully crafted expert theme tune that is currently in the works than take on that. But maybe that could be a temporary run. I'll try. I'll try. I mean, at the end of the show, I'll do as an outro and we'll see if that one works anywhere. Wonderful. Outro? We never even thought about that. <laughs> so this week's prompt is sit over there because you're the villain so that's been a spooky one not spooky it's been an interesting one have you guys found it loved it i have quite enjoyed it i managed to work it into my my piece which was was quite good so yeah i think it was it was a really interesting one where did you get this from this was Erin's, wasn't it? This was, ironically, you guys were both in the room at the time this was said. This was when we were recording uh, audio drama that you guys were both in, and someone was trying to tell Izzy which mic to sit at so we could record, and they said, sit over there because you're the villain, because Izzy played the villain, and she was amazing. I love the plot twist of this prompt that I am the villain. <laughs> you are. After all that, I completely forgot about that. Oh, that was so cool. Yeah, I just Art walked in and didn't life. know where to... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Hamish. I, I just didn't know where to sit. I was really confused. Too many mics. <laughs> Definitely. So the big question that I have is, Hamish, who are you? Uh, hi, I'm Hamish. I am Izzy's boyfriend. She's probably talked about me a lot because I'm the only interesting thing in her life, <laughs> apart from the show. Uh, Excuse me. I, I am a games journalist. I think I've been on the show before and I talked about how I write for The Bore. I'm now no longer the games editor, I'm just a, a regular old student journalist. Uh, I've been replaced, and uh, I'm currently finishing off my master's dissertation. I, I say finishing off, I mean in the middle of it. I've still got about 12,000 words to finish off, which is quite a lot. So m- most of my writing at the moment is essay-based, which I didn't feel like would be that interesting for the show, so I've instead uh, written another piece of journalism. It will a review of a game I've been playing recently. Yeah, thanks for not just bringing in your dissertation. That would be... We'd accept it on the show. It would be interesting. <laughs> Valid writing, but not the kind of writing the listeners want to hear. No, and also, it'd just be hard yeah. to write something in five minutes for, for, what, like five minutes is normal what you guys aim for with pieces? So yeah. I wouldn't be able to write an essay that would be read out in five minutes, or at least a good essay. I was going to say, yeah, you could just read out the dissertation that you have, but you'd have to write it first. I've got some... I have got... 3,000 words. It's a lot there. But this is this is getting into the, the boring talk of the writing that no one wants to hear. I want to hear what you guys have written. <laughs> well, before we hear what boring old us have written, we've actually got our first piece from at Jamie, our author. Whoa. And yeah, he, he sends us in pieces from Instagram and they are always a lot of fun. They're always like really funny. And also I've been really enjoying... I um He was on the... Um, first episode of this season as well and I said that I've been really enjoying his blog and he's decided to keep that up as well which I'm really excited about because I just really like reading reading about other people's lockdown adventures so I'm going to read this piece and 
he's used the prompt, as we all have, uh, sit over there because you're the villain. If you are caught speeding, you can be fined £100 and receive three points on your licence. If you steal a car, you could be sentenced up to seven years in prison. If you kill someone, you'll re receive a life sentence. Dr. Mischievous expected, and some would say deserved, the worst punishment for his crimes. Anyone who wears underpants can attest to that. Some of them are still scratching. So what was his punishment? A five minute timeout in the corner to think about what he had done and a personal apology to everyone he had upset. It was worse than he could have possibly imagined. I love how there's a humorous twist in every one of these pieces. I love how he gets them in in such a, like, in just a little bit of microfiction as well. It's an example of it done really well because it just sets you up to see that he's done some really horrible crimes, but it turns out that he's just a kid <laughs> who's been sent to the court timeout corner. But what's he done to the underpants? Itching powder, because um, they're scratching. <laughs> I'm trying to work out. I'm trying to work out how he would have done that though, because is the kid at home at the moment? Did he put it out it to the washing? <laughs> breaking lockdown. Otherwise, we'll be after that kid. <laughs> the next episode, Doctor Mischievous goes to the park, breaks all the rules. <laughs> no, Doctor Mischievous can go to the park now. I guess he'll he'll, he'll get away with that one. Did everyone have at school have in the corner? Because I, I was picturing first a little timeout corner in school, and we used to have those little egg timers that kids would get sent to, and I'd always see them just trying to like. I think they worked out how to shake the timers in a way that would supposedly, in their minds, make it less time, but really would just make it take longer. Sounds like something a kid what? would do. Surely you just sort of turn it the reverse way. Yeah, but once you've gone past the point of no beyond, because you have to wait for a teacher to not be looking for you to just do that. But sure, the teacher's still going to see you shaking school. the egg timer. They used to, like, I think this, just this seems like a poorly thought-out strategy, which would make sense for, what, like, five, six-year-olds? <laughs> yeah, they used to just, like, poke it a little bit for it to get... Anyway, anyway, I really <laughs> like that piece. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just thinking about the physics of sand now. Not that I know any physics. See, if I only think... we had someone on the show who has a physics degree. Oh, I have a physics degree. What do you... The physics of sand? <laughs> the physics of sand on an egg timer. Oh, sand on egg timer. It is going to be falling under gravity, so it's going to be falling at a set rate. This is going to get really boring for you. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, Jamie. We've worked out the science behind your piece. <laughs> uh, let's, speaking of science, let's move on to our science fiction fan. <laughs> He's not written science fiction this week, but let's move on to Erin. Yeah, I have not written science fiction, I have written Supernatural <laughs> instead. Oh, like the TV show? Like, not like the TV show, but I would. I am slightly obsessed with that TV show. Oh, that would have been, been really cool if you'd written a fan fiction for the TV show and brought it on to Prompted. I have now written two pieces of fan done. fiction in my life and I've hated both of them. Oh no. I'd love to have fan fiction on the show, one of us should do it. <laughs> Get Bella on it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll find out Bella's fanfiction website name. Has anyone actually found that yet? We were hunting for it at one point. One of our listeners has found it. As in, when I say listeners, Dan has found it. Oh. Um, but he's taken the secret to his grave, so we need to find another spy. Just, just to, to be clear, Dan is fine. <laughs> no, he's taken it to his grave. Is he going to speak? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um... 
All right, I'll, I'll read out this piece then. Um, the form of this piece is a dramatic monologue, which is a poem that's some from specifically someone's point of view and tells a story. So I'm going to try and do it in a voice. So please don't laugh at me while I'm doing the voice. We won't. You've got this. <laughs> okay. Felon. You like to think you're an open book with an easy smile, a pleasant cheer that hid the fact you like to jeer at the new kid, the weird kid, and pull the legs off spiders. I waited until you fell asleep with fairy tales clutched in your hand and slivered into your dreams, paddled through anxieties like sand on a troubled beach, endless, ongoing. I watched you jump from phase to phase, your acne red and most unchanged, as you told yourself you weren't like other people. At least, not the ones you stooped to look at, peer at, with such a critical eye. Your stretch marks faded into blemished skin as I left your dreams for theirs. Curdled their minds, scarred their hearts, twisted their thoughts in kind, until a smile was rare. Until you told yourself you didn't care, not really. I did not believe you. I let you find an office block, the kind where workers have to stop measuring time by anything more than deadlines in red ink on cheap white spread, and you tried. For a while. But being just a little not content was less than what you wanted, so I watched. I came for him, and then for her, and then for the creature you kept so dear that didn't look back as it ran from you. Why me? You started to ask, and when I whispered, why not, I felt you start to cry. They won't help you. The man of a scar that comes so close to his eye, and the woman who keeps her hands on her hips, and the one who holds your hand, as you tell them about me. You look so bold as you hunt me down, as you scour places and leave with a frown of sorrow. Tuck your hands in your pockets against the chill and tell them you're not lying. They're foolish enough to believe you. I can wait. I've waited since before you were a concept, little chosen one, the name of so much promise yet so little actual deliverance. Play heroics if you must, but soon you must come to trust there's nothing you can do. Don't rush. I'll watch you formulate your plans in ash on stained carpet with the ones who said they trusted you. Pray to God or gods or fate, whichever lets you feel the hate you hide is there for a reason. I am waiting for you. God, I love being evil. I've not been able to be evil in weeks. Erin, <laughs> you sent chills. <laughs> Yay! Was... Did you rehearse reading that? Yes. <laughs> No, I, lo- I just love where you put all of the... How you really brought out the rhythm, because Erin wrote this piece a week ago and sent it to me, and I read it through and really liked it. And in the way that you just read it out, you just brought out all of the patterns that you put in there that you don't just get from just reading through it in your head. All of the like rhyme as well. It's just so creepy. I love it. Yeah, I'm sat with my window open. I can see the sun outside, and it suddenly felt like it just got dark. <laughs> And just a, a sort of a chill breeze came through my window. I, I've had to put my jumper on. Come in your dreams next, Hamish. Oh, no. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just have to leave the podcast now. <laughs> There's nowhere out. But it was It was really, really well written and very well read as well. So, Thanks, guys. I love the chosen, the 
twisting of the chosen one as well. I always love it when when a text does that, when it's like, oh, you're the chosen one, but you don't deserve it or something like that. It's, I don't know what this creature is, but it's just ruining the chosen one's life, and I feel really sorry for them. It's just everyone's nightmare. I mean, someone has to ruin the chosen one's life, otherwise the chosen one just has a too easy time of it. Oh, absolutely. What's the point of a chosen one if there's no bad guy? A hero with no villain. Speaking of my hero, Hamish, so we move on to your piece. Ah, that's very sweet of you. That was probably the best segue we've had. The segue was very nearly a lot meaner than that, but you said hero, so I could I could go nice with it. Well, thank you very much for being nice with me. Yeah, I can read out my piece if you want. It is yeah. one of games journalism. It is a review for Outer Wilds, which is a game I've been playing a lot. And if you want to hear more about me talking about this game, uh, you can check it out on the Warthog Gaming Podcast. Hamish, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just plug other podcasts on our show. How dare you? It was Hamish's huh? villainous plan. Huh? So, you want me to plug my show? You mean the Warthog Gaming Podcast? <laughs> I know Izzy controls the edit today, so she can probably just get rid of all of these. Or keep them all in. Keep listening. I'll find out. I can just imagine Hamish just coming on, plugging his show, and then just hanging up and leaving the rest of me and Aaron. Which would be a very oh, good wait, show. Oh wait, can you guys still hear me? I thought I had hung up. Sorry. I <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Right, do your piece. So, uh, here we go. If you've not played Outer Wilds, go change that now. Put down your tablet, phone, laptop, whatever electronic device through which you are reading this, or I guess listening to this, and play that game. Oh, wait. Great, so now you understand exactly what I mean, right? It's awesome. Okay, so for anyone who didn't just heed my words or is keen to hear my thoughts on the game, because why wouldn't you? I will explain what makes Outer Wilds fantastic for me. At its core, the title revolves around a 22-minute gameplay loop, where you, a bright-eyed space explorer, boldly go where an ancient alien race have already gone before, this time armed with a -a one-of-a-kind translator. This device allows you and your people to finally decipher the Nomai's spiralling language so that you can begin to understand how they came to arrive, thrive, and ultimately die in your solar system. At the end of 22 minutes, your sun explodes with blue light in a charming, albeit cataclysmic, supernova. Thankfully, because of sci-fi reasons, you survive. Well, more accurately, your memories do. They are sent 22 minutes into the past so that you can learn from your mistakes, further your successes, and continue exploring the planets and moons which surround you. Each planet and celestial body has a few central puzzles to solve. Giant's Deep has you find out how to get below its ocean current. The Hourglass Twins have you wait out and race against the clock respectively to explore their depths. And the Quantum Moon's first trial is just landing on the damn thing before it can vanish. For many of the hardest challenges, you must first jet off to some other location in order to learn the solutions. Well, true solution. In some cases, you can just brute force your way in and that works splendidly. One example that definitely requires a more gentle touch, though, is the solution to exploring the Dark Bramble. The fog-filled forest of thorns and vines seems to have been maliciously crafted by Maleficent herself, appropriate given the sleeping beauty you can find at its core. Though, the only bad guys of the game also roam this space, and thankfully, they are bound to this one place, ignoring their skeletons, for as villains go, the anglerfish are terrifying behemoths. 
Their lanterns act to confuse you as you traverse the maze-like bramble, and their giant jaws can consume your ship whole should you happen to be spotted by one. However, spotted is maybe not quite the correct word to use. For any adventurers that had first visited the Ember Twins' caverns and learnt of the Namai children's favourite game would know that anglerfish are all blind. Even if you pass right in front of one, as long as your engines are not firing, they have no clue that you are there. This amazing mechanic has you tensed as hard as you possibly can in the final moments of the game, as your last flight requires you to pass right in front of three of these monsters. You might wish to fly as swiftly as you can away from them, but that will spell almost certain death. These and other neat solutions, which reward players that love discovering all a game has to offer are why Outer Wilds deserves as, deserves as much praise as can possibly be bestowed. The game is a true masterpiece that I could ramble on and on about, be it the puzzles I've already discussed in length, the story which is told sporadically in separated chunks, yet remains impactful and understandable, or the art and music that supply a lo-fi rustic charm that would make anyone want to most roast marshmallows in space. What can I say? Play this game. And now I want to play said game. <laughs> Mission accomplished, David. Yeah. So I think Outer Wilds is a really interesting title from a storytelling perspective as well, because I didn't talk about too much of it, but yeah, you have this translator and you go around to all these planets, but you, you, you're sort of given a slight nudging of where to go first, but you can go anywhere. So you might visit sort of the Dark Bramble, which for me was the last planet. You could visit that first and you might struggle to go around it because the anglerfish will eat you if you don't know what you're doing, but you could quite easily you know just fumble your way through and succeed and so you could find out all of those story elements first and so the game's crafted in such a way that it doesn't matter where you start or where you finish the story is still constantly revealing itself and it doesn't matter which bit you get first it still sort of eventually all builds into one final puzzle piece and whatever last thing you learn still feels very impactful and gives you the whole picture. So when you go to writing about it then, how do you know which elements to pick out? Because like, I know that obviously when writing, obviously I'm an English student as well, so when writing about different works of fiction, I find it really hard to take something that is my favourite, like I've been obsessing over Deaf West Theatre's Spring Awakening at the moment. It's really hard to take something that I love so much and just take a small element out of it to write about that tiny little element. How do you go about capturing a game in a few hundred words? Uh, so for me, reviews have always been quite difficult. Uh, I'm starting to get the hang of them. And a lot of it is just practice because it's it's quite easy to say and talk about something that you love, but it can be much more hard to put into sort of a succinct way what was brilliant or what was awful about something and it goes the same mm. for film theater tv everything um video games are just one other entertainment platform um in terms of picking out one thing for this review it was quite easy i talked focused on the dark bramble because uh that's the part where all the villains are or the kind of villains of the the game and that was sort of the prompt for this show but you could you you could just sort of work out what spoke to you most so if you really liked the puzzles write down a few things that you thought were particularly interesting and then 
find a way to explain it, but also try not to give too much away. Uh, with The Outer Wilds is quite difficult to do that because it is... Um, it's not like a normal game where, you know, you might go linearly and you might pick up this really cool jetpack that will let you fly further because because of how the time travel works in this game, only your memory goes back in time. So they can't give you some item because it's going to be very repetitive and very annoying to keep doing that same loop to get that same item. And so what instead they give you is information and then you always have that. So it doesn't matter what once you've read this tablet it fills in your ship's log and you always know where that is so it's harder to not spoil outer wilds but again it's just sort of picking an element you really like bullet point what you think is great and then sort of expand on those and see where you're at with word count and keep expanding until you feel like you're at a good point yeah because you seem to go for as well as just as well as so you picked out a few elements and then you also for the rest of it you just captured the mood of the game as well with your toasting marshmallows or something like that that you said really captured the mood of it as well which makes you want to play it more yeah on every planet you can just about meet another traveler that has traveled in the past to this place and they've sort of stuck around there and yeah they've always set up a campfire and you can just roast as many marshmallows as you want that's so wholesome Uh, you can get them to have a nice brown coating but i normally end up setting them on fire though it's still really cool and all of the people you meet as well all play an instrument but it's all quite rustic and kind of twangy I think was a word that someone's used which was sort of because one guy's playing sort of a a flute another person's whistling you've got just sort of a a regular bongo drum player and a banjo player as well so sort of quite western country style instruments in this space setting it's really really it's really really fun I think as well that you talked about trying to capture the mood I'd say that's the thing you should always try and focus on with a review because you want to encourage someone to consume this content or not consume this content but you also if you particularly like something you don't want to ruin that experience for someone and so just mm. giving someone a flavor of what it's like can get uh, can get the reader to sort of feel oh this is or this sounds like something I'd want to consume I'll go and give that a go because the way this uh, review makes me feel about this game makes me feel like this is something I'd want to play or watch or Whatever it is. Well, you sold it to Aaron. <laughs> Definitely. Speaking of things that you would like to watch, <laughs> um, it's ah, uh, oh, Izzy, come on. <laughs> it's obviously the pantomime that I wrote for this week's episode of Prompted. I wanted to do a pantomime because that's all I got out of the villain side of the prompt. I think pantomimes because I was trying to think in my head of how I could do a really complex villain who's half good half bad and all those ones that are really fun to write and then I decided now nah, let's do a simple one and in order to get away with doing that I have to do a pantomime I think it was a lot of fun to write I've done it off of Aladdin though Izzy you talk about writing a pantomime I know that you Bella and Erin are all involved in pantomime society at Warwick and I assumed that yes. this prompt was from that because I remember you talking about how there's a whole thing about how villains enter from one side and the heroes enter from the other side and so I assumed that maybe at some point someone was like oh you go and sit over there because you're a villain and there was something to do with like oh, staging see. or directing or whatever yeah if you are a villain then you have to come in from stage left if you are a goodie, then you have to come in from stage right. 
you will notice that I now do this in all of my writing. So if you ever want to read into something that I've written that isn't a pantomime and someone comes in from stage left, they're not a good person. Spoiler? Uh, yeah, I've just spoiled everything I ever have written and ever will write. What if they're morally grey? They come in through the middle, they burst in through the back. <laughs> or from the front. <laughs> or if they're morally grey, they'll come in from different sides maybe. Or as the curtain rises, they're already on stage. I've done that a few times. <laughs> wow. Intense, man. This is very smart. Yeah. I, I am very smart, Hamish. This is what you need to realise. No. Um, so I have based this off of Aladdin because that is the last film that I've watched. I've watched the Disney version, though. So I'm sorry for how westernised my panto is. Let's go into it. Jafar enters from stage left to audience booze. He stands centre stage in the palace. You can stop your booing. This palace and everyone in it belongs to me. Javar waves his staff. Unflattering images of the sorcerer unroll over the sultan's family crest. Perfect. Now all that's missing is my lovely fiancée. Jasmine? Jeannie brings Jasmine on from stage right. She wears an I heart Javar top and looks incredibly fed up. Hello, my sweet. I thought you'd want to watch your handsome husband-to-be become the most powerful man in all the land. I'd rather watch Gogglebox. Stop right there. Calm down, I haven't done anything evil yet. Oh, sorry, as you were. Genie! I hit my mic, sorry. <laughs> I thought that was a special effect! That was so dramatic! That was so dramatic! Okay, it's a panto, so we're keeping that in. Coffee go, Javar. Genie, I wish to be the most powerful sorcerer in the world. Your wish is my command, master. Genie points at Javar, and sparks fly in front of him. When the sparks are gone, Javar has a lightning scar on his forehead and a broomstick in his hand. Stop right there. Aladdin enters from above on his flying carpet. He hops onto the stage and runs to Jasmine's side. There's a huge crash off stage followed by Mother Jamalio's screams. Wait for me! Mother Jamalio enters from above on a flying wine rack. Blue dishcloths are stitched together to make a stunning bralette, similar to the one Jasmine typically wears. Her trousers are full of padding and have various items of Tupperware attached to them. Mother Jamalio takes a bottle from the rack and downs it before she reaches the ground. Wow, nice rack! Jeannie, that's my mother! I meant the wine rack. Thanks, you know, sometimes I think I'm like a bottle of cheap wine. You improve with age? No, darling, the more you drink, the tastier I am. Excuse me, can we stop the flirting? I have some world domination to do. I don't know about him, but you can dominate my world any day. Well, okay, once we've defeated Jaf- Jafar and your son uses his last, wish- his last wish to free me, maybe it's time for you to be my master again. My son? He had wishes? So, Jafar, you're doing well, let's focus on that. <laughs> Mother Jamalio takes Aladdin by the ear and drags him centre stage. What did you wish for, huh? To put a roof over your mother... Your dear mother Jamalio's head to say thank you for picking you out of the gutter and raising you? To be a prince! And why would you want to be a prince? Because, um, Jasmine's pretty fit. You have three wishes and you wasted them on her? 
Excuse me, it's true love. We're going to get married. No, sweetheart, you're marrying me. Let's face it, Unibrow, it ain't happening. I'd rather marry Mother Jamelio's armpit air. That's it! Hocus Pocus Rasmin Jasminius! I curse you to follow the spoils of all your favourite TV shows. Jasmine faints and Jeannie catches her. Now you've gone too far. Waking up. Bran? Really? Oh, what a letdown. Jasmine takes the magic carpet and sits on it. I'm getting out of here. Mother Jamelio points at Jasmine and the carpet. Seriously, Aladdin, you wasted a wish just so you can ride her magical rug? Just one wish I used the other to stop me from drowning. I taught you how to swim. Well, well, what would you have wished for then? In this economy, I'd have wished for good grades, place in Oxbridge, and a stable job. Oh, please, when I was your master, you wished to be drop-dead gorgeous. Totally worth it. Hypocrite. Jasmine stands on the carpet. Wait, no, that's it. What is it, babe? Jafar's lonely and desperate. And in earshot. Jasmine motions for the good guys to huddle around her. They whisper a plan. Jafar stands awkwardly on the outside. I guess I'll do some evil then. A water pistol is thrown from stage left. Jafar catches it and squirts the audience. (laughs) And then we get a big mac and cheese, dippers and fries. Got it? Got it. Jeannie clicks his fingers and careless whispers starts to play. Mother Jamelio rips off her costume to reveal a black leather catsuit. She struts towards Javar, who squirts a pistol at her. Stop it, handsome, you're making me moist. Um, Jeannie, get her away. Mother Jamalio drops, causing the earth to crate. You sure you don't want to rub my lamp? I think I'm going to be sick. Javar falls backwards. Jeannie clicks the music off. Mother Jamalio poses. See? Drop dead gorgeous. That's what I'm talking about. We did it. Now I can marry Aladdin. Of course you can, darling. Jasmine and Aladdin kiss. Mother Jamalio throws them apart. After he's done being grounded. So you have plenty of time to make the preparations. Ugh, Jeannie, I wish for my freedom. Your freedom? Our freedom. What if I could? Jafar has one more wish left. Jeannie goes to Jafar and kicks him away. Oi, what's your last wish? Don't try anything though, or we'll kick your butt. Babe, you've had the whole panto named after you, and you're yet to kick anyone's butt. Yeah, you just had your mum save you? Fine, don't try anything funny or I'll delete your Disney Plus account. Uh, it's okay, Mother Jamalio was right. I shouldn't waste my wishes. I need to wish for the one thing that will make me happy. Tweezers. For One Direction to be back together. The intro of What Makes You Beautiful plays. Mother, out of interest, what were your other two wishes? One was for you to be happy. Oh, and the other? Winking at Jeannie. Oh, darling, you really don't want to know. Jeannie chuckles to himself, and Aladdin is scarred for life. All the cast enter for the final dance as the lyrics kick in. <laughs> Gee, Izzy, what is it like in your brain? <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I feel like this really is kicking up against the barrier that is PG. <laughs> uh, it's it's perfect, you know, it's fine. It's about magical carpets. I like how the cat suit made a second appearance. It was in the last panto you've had as well, and it's just, it's just back again. <laughs> I love it. See, I purposely didn't read through the one that I did in series one, because I didn't want to repeat, but <laughs> there's obviously <laughs> some themes in my panto writing. No, I, th- I thought this was really, really fun. 
I'm sorry if I, I ruined it with my fad and constantly changing Jafar and Jamalia voices. <laughs> yeah, d- ditto. The thing with pantomimes is that they're usually quite big casts, so I had to make a lot of multi-rolling. But yeah, that was a lot of fun to hear performed. <laughs> no, that was really, really well written. I really liked it. How do you uh, get into like writing a panto? What makes it different to writing a normal play? Unless, And you might have answered this all last term and I've forgotten. <laughs> You have lots of very strange tabs open. (laughs) (laughs) So this is based off of a scene in the Disney version, but I purposefully didn't refresh myself on it because I didn't want to get too close to the original. Um, I I read a quick summary. I read like a few lines of a summary just to check where all the characters were at the beginning of the scene. But apart from that, I tried to keep it in my distant memories. It's in the back of my mind and it's still Aladdin, but also I can still have the freedom to put in whatever I once said. It's just about taking the stock characters really and having fun with them. Like I really like the character of the dame. I think that's really fun. And villains are always fun to play as well. So I just try to get a scene where I could throw them all in together and see how they react. Is it hard to make? Because you do loads of comedy, but it's not... Like if I wrote comedy, it would be really cringy, but yours isn't. And I don't understand how you've managed that. Point of panto is it's supposed to be cringy <laughs> comedy. <laughs> so I guess, has, have you got quite a low bar to hit? So you just got to make sure you don't trip. <laughs> I think for especially Aladdin, when it comes to the comedy behind it, there's a lot of low hanging fruit that you can take. And in a panto, I think they kind of forgive you for that. They expect you to take the low-hanging fruit, I guess. Yeah, and you, you have to remember as well in a panto to get the different layers of comedy in. So there's obviously the physical comedy for the kids, like the water pistols that they might enjoy, or someone crashing in on a flying carpet. But then you need the jokes that'll go over their heads, like the wine rack. Sure. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I had many interesting tabs open for that one, including wine-related chat-up lines. <laughs> <laughs> How did you decide that that was what the dame was going to come in wearing? Oh, because I, I wanted to have it based on Jasmine's costume when she wears her little blue bikini top and trousers. But I took the Tupperware from the salesman at the beginning of Aladdin because he, he tries to sell some Tupperware. And so I thought it'd be fun if all the Tupperware originally came from her costume in a Metastar and the salesman just afterwards went around and picked up all the Tupperware and decided to sell it. Ah, okay. Mm. Very smart. But wait, do you, do you want to hear my other wine-related pickup line? Go on, then. What are your best wine-related pickup lines? Right. I see you're full of grapes. Want a date? What? <laughs> no. Is a date even a grape? No, but it's, it's, it's a bit different, but it's similar. Right, I'm, I'm Googling it now. Is a date a grape? <laughs> I mean, it's not, they're not the same. It's just a smooth pickup line. The Google is giving me nothing. Then maybe it's right. If you if you guys want a date, call people grapes. <laughs> That's my advice. Speaking of advice, we're moving on to our first topic, which is how do you improve your writing if you've never really done it? And this topic comes from at underscore dot Emir Hamza dot underscore. So... Yeah, so he, he sent in to us when we asked for um, writing topics and anyone is free to request a topic. He um, sent in, yeah, how to improve your writing if you haven't really done it. And I thought it was really interesting that he sent that in because I've seen lots of people in the writing community ask that at the moment. I think that writing is a really is something that people are wanting to start up or get into a little bit more in lockdown. And so I think it's quite popular. And as a show that does writing advice, 
I guess that's probably a big question that we need to answer. How to actually how to actually start writing and start getting good at it. So what do you guys think? I guess I would I would say consume the kind of art that you want to write. So if you want to write films, watch and read film scripts. If it's books, read as many books mm. as you can. And write stuff. It doesn't have to be a full-length novel. It can just be a full pages to get you started. And don't worry if your first few attempts are not good. Because even if they're not good, the next attempt you do will be slightly better and you will improve your writing that way. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think the biggest thing is to not put pressure on yourself to have a really good good perfect first few attempts I think you kind of need to allow yourself to have a few bits of writing that isn't quite perfect because then you can pick out the really good bits from it and learn and also even if writing isn't that great it's it still captures a part of yourself it still captures your thoughts and worldview at that time and so you shouldn't beat yourself up about it because it's still something that you've done and something that you've put your soul into something else that would be good for starting off as well is asking yourself what you like about the favorite media that you're kind of consuming so if like for me um one of the things about sci-fi that appeals to me is the bunch of outcasts roaming around space saving the galaxy so Mm. writing a story based on that like an aspect of something that you enjoy that comes up again and again might be a good starting point yeah so hamish what do you think about how to get into writing i think my advice would be what i said earlier which was just to get practicing i think Putting the first words on the page for anything, for at least anything that I've written, whether it's been an article, poetry, it's been creative writing, it's been an essay, it's always been just putting the first actual words on the page. And I don't mean like a plan or some of your ideas or just random stuff. I mean putting the first thing down and whatever makes you put those first words down, whether that's starting in the middle, starting at the beginning, starting at the end or whatever works for you, put those first words down and then finish the whole project. So if your goal is to write a short story, write a whole short story. Some project, Mm -hmm. and and don't start too big. Like if your goal is to write a novel first out, probably won't do that. Maybe don't start with trying to write a novel first time if you've not written before. But once you've finished something, it becomes a lot easier to finish the next thing. And it also becomes easier just to start the next thing because you you work out your method of writing and doing all that stuff. But for example, reviews are something that I'm awful at or have been awful at. I think I'm starting to get better at them. But that was because this past year I've tried to write as many reviews as I possibly can. Like if I, When I was That's the editor good. for The Bore, if I didn't have a lot of articles coming out that week or I wanted to pad out what was going out as our content, I'd write a review for a game. And they weren't always the best, but it got me better. And also because sort of I'm responsible for the content that this organisation produces... I felt like it had to be of a quality. So also sort of put pressure on yourself, finish it and maybe put it out somewhere because then that sort of makes you want it to be good and not just slap together. Yeah, I, th- I think depending on the type of person who you are, deadlines, having a constant deadline is something that can really help. Because for example, in Prompted, we have to write between 600 and 1,000 words every week of creative writing in a genre that maybe is familiar to us, but some of them are genres that we've never done before. And having that deadline and the fact that it's getting uploaded on Sunday, no matter what, is really helpful because it gets you used to writing really quickly and it gets you practicing writing as well. And I think there are lots of good ways to do that. You can start your own podcast, of course, 
be your competition do it go for it <laughs> you you can do there's loads of online challenges as well where you have to do different amounts of writing like there was one called escape rule where you had to do a poem every day and so you can do some sort of challenge um you can obviously do a course like it really helps with my degree having to do a certain amount of writing for assessment as well that really helps me but yeah counterpoint to one of the things you said though hamish i personally find that short stories are a lot harder than they sound. I think that that's a um, that's a trap that lots of people fall into is they try to start off with short stories, but they're actually really difficult because short stories are you have to get a really concise plot in, and they're also really experimental as well, and you have to characterize so quickly and yeah get the plot in so quickly, and you um, you have to be experimental and find your own style as well. I found when I was starting writing. I just worked on novels and then just said to myself I don't really mind if I don't finish it because it's just practice to getting out different characters and fleshing out different sides of plots and stuff. So it depends on the person, I think. That's very fair. Erin, where, where, where do you come down on the short story versus novel? Uh, I've tried a bit of both. Um, like Izzy, I tended to, like when I was younger especially, try to write something really long and then just not finish it because I got bored or realised it was really bad. <laughs> um, I think if you're going to write a short story, do read a lot of them before you do. I think Neil Gaiman's mm. short stories are really, really good examples of those because they often have a creepy twist or a horror twist or something about them that makes you think about them long after you've finished. Short sto- I love reading short stories. There's, I have loads of little short story collections that I go through and pick out techniques. So the next topic, so we've talked about how to start writing, but then the next topic has been sent in to us by at w.a.m.p.t and they have asked, how do you be motivated to write in isolation? And this one is really hard. What do you guys think? Ironically, the only things I've written have been the two pieces for this show. My ignoring my essay prompted does good. The review, uh, the articles I've written for me, it's been mm. a bit of a funk. I think when sort of my life at the moment is just writing essays, it's hard to then encourage myself in the evening to write more, even though it is for fun and it's a very different kind of writing. It, it's sort of hard to tell myself, yeah, but this is fun. It, it's not in, in, in well it is but it, it's also not to my brain because I've just written a load of guff for something else today mm-hmm. I'd say kind of again the same point I've just given you look at stuff that you already enjoy and recreate it or put your own twist on it or look at kind of old projects that you've always wanted to write and never really had the time because mm. now is the time everyone that's really smart I would say also just because it's lockdown and we have all the time in the world doesn't mean that you're a terrible writer if you take a break from it. I think there's a lot of people saying that obviously Shakespeare wrote loads of plays in a while a plague was going on he was in quarantine and I think that's cool and it works for some people but for other people maybe lockdown's just a time to take a break from writing if you want to. I know that lots of people have been finding other creative outlets instead so that we're still doing something creative like I know that Bella has started some digital art which has been really cool and so she's still expressing her creativity Um, and I know that I've been doing a lot more um, I've been doing a lot more focus on social media and looking at writing for social media so that's where I've sort of looked expressed my creativity that way and shifted it over a bit although I'm still keeping up writing as well but yeah so just don't put so much pressure on yourself to write something this show does do a lot is make us look like all of us on here like the regulars and the guests all we ever do is write it's not true guys (laughs) 
<laughs> we all have bad days. Actually, though, talking of this show, like I mentioned it, it's what helps me write. Having some kind of prompt as well, I, I, I forgot to mention this for the last topic as well, but having some kind of prompt to get you writing is a really useful thing because it can it, it can give you a starting block and sometimes it can be hard to just sort of sit there and, okay, I've got to come up with a whole thing. I've got to come up with an initial idea, I've got to come up with a format, mm. all of the rest of it. Whereas now you can just sort of sit there and think, okay, well, what does this make me think so for me it made me think of my the review for izzy it made her think of a panto and for erin it made her become our biggest nightmare but it's it's whatever <laughs> terrifying so having something as initial inspiration for you so yeah there's loads of great writing prompt stuff out there i, I think prompted also has the other thing of being a sort of a deadline thing you don't want to have your piece miss the window of when it'd be relevant for this show you could even send it in yeah we um if anyone needs prompts we're more than happy to send you something we basically have our whole schedule for the rest of our series and some extra prompts as well and you guys are more than welcome to dm us and ask ask us for those and we'll give them to you and then also if you manage to write a piece that responds to that prompt before we do that the episode that that prompt is tied to we will absolutely like welcome your piece on our show and we'll give it feedback yeah that would be really cool so just let us know if you want some prompts and need some help getting inspired something else you guys can send in is q a's i was just gonna say oh i'm sorry i'm sorry (laughs) No, no, sir, no, sorry, you just expertly did it. Go for it, Erin, explain the Q&As. Uh, so we're, we're taking in Q&As for you guys, so if you have questions you want to know about what we write about, or how we do the show, or anything else vaguely relevant, you can send us an email, you can comment on our Instagram post, just just get it to us and we'll put it on the list. We've got some really good questions sent in, I'm really excited for them. So yeah, feel free to send us some more. We are coming towards the end of our show. Next week's prompt is... A random old dude with a chest piece just sent me a friend request. He's only friends with people named Adeliki. How do you pronounce that? Adeliki. Adeliki. Maybe. Yeah. This one is very creepy and has a lot in it. It comes from Bella, so we'll get her to explain that one next week. Thanks to this week's prompt provider, though, which is Wilkie. Thanks to Wilkie for this week's prompt. That was a lot of fun. We had fun with it. And thank you so much to everyone for listening. For more prompts and writing, go to our Instagram at Prompted Writing Podcast. If you want writing advice or want to share your responses to any of our prompts, just DM us. You can find us on Anchor FM, which distributes us to Spotify, Google Podcasts and many more. Thanks so much to our writers of the show and our guest Hamish. And thanks again, everyone, for listening. Oh, wait, I've got to do my intro.